I've got an amazing pasta dish, one of my favourites. Spaghetti alla vongole. I don't know if I like clams or I've ever had clams. You've never had clams? I don't know if I like them, want them. You ever had like a seafood pasta? <sighs> uh, you yeah, once with frozen clams. Okay, I just trust you, yeah. I'm just gonna keep it rolling. <laughs> it doesn't though. sound like you trust me. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I haven't done that. I think he was playing at least properly, yeah. Yeah, he was. It was having to hold it steady the whole time. Yeah. Yo, your wrist covered all. Rolling. Oh. Excuse me. Look at that. Look at the way that looks. Well, I'll have more spaghetti. There you go, my friend. Spaghetti alla vongole. You've not tried it before, or at least it didn't sound like you'd had it. You never tried it, never heard of it. I just, you know, you said a vongole and I started to do a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> a vongole, a vongole! So if you've never had one before, spaghetti alla vongole is, uh, it's spaghetti with olive oil, tomato, garlic, parsley, chili, uh, a little bit crushed chili, clams. Uh, you cook it in a pinot grigio and you make a lovely sauce, mixed all together with olive oil and starchy water. It's just, it'll take you to the seaside. It's fantastic. Let's try it because it's going to get cold. Well, one more thing before <laughs> we do. No, I know you're so keen for me to eat this. Uh, it does look fantastic. What does vongole mean? Oh my God, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, 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 your research. Yeah. Okay, let's get it. Let's get a, I love it. You think I'd know what it is. You've got a little means. side bowl here yeah, for the clams. Because you want to throw the clam shells in there as you go. So streamlines the process. It's a lot more subtle than I expected. Really? So mostly, I, th I thought it'd be more, I thought it'd be fishier. Yeah, it's be not. Sharp, but, it, but it's not actually, it's fine. But it, you know, it, in you a taste, good way. Can you taste the wine like cutting through it yeah. with the acidity? And... I've got a little bit of the wine. I've got a little bit of the chili. I've got a little bit of the salt, but it, no ingredient is overpowering actually, which I quite like. I think when I thought of a seafood, maybe I thought of like the linguine de, de mare. Linguine de mare, yeah. I was thinking of that kind of overpowering seafood flavor, but actually this is quite subtle, quite nuanced. I, now I, d I daren't make any pasta for you because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it on the same level as this. What do you mean? Oh. Pasta, anyone would do it. Easy. I do think I've made, I think I've refined a good bolognese now. I think I make a good solid bolognese. I would love you to do a bolognese, but that takes a lot of time. I might pre-make it and then yeah. see, you know, sauce it up here. Make it the day before, let it marinate. That would be so beautiful if you did that. I was a bit, I was feeling a little bit ill this week and I tried something. My colleague was like, garlic, raw garlic mm. is the thing to have. So I had some garlic tea. Oh, okay. Lemon. Oh, what? I know, right? Lemon, honey, and garlic tea. And you know what? It made me feel loads better. The lemon and the garlic. Lemon and honey, I get. I've had before, yeah, but the, I understand. It, it, How does the garlic come in there? Well, the garlic is like the superpower. The, that's like the, you know, Krypton, like... I've tonight. had. I mean, I know what garlic tastes like, but what does it taste like? Yeah, but like when it when it's when it's covered in and if something's covered in honey, anything tastes nice. Mm. And it and it and, I, and it's hot. And it like I mean, don't go to anyone, go near anyone for like six hours because you will smell. Yeah. But yeah, I did feel a lot better. I mean, it's it, that's what's like in you know the chicken noodle soup and all that stuff. It's all about yeah. the garlic, wow. really. That's what it comes down to. I think you've been at the pub. I've always uh, I, as soon as I started working. For myself, or right? I knew I was getting calls to a number. It's any unknown number. Hello, James Briefall. Or you just get Talia to pick up first. Hello, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, James Briefall Industries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's every time. Some people are like, "Why are you being all formal?" But every so often, it's client, and I'm like, yeah. "I'm so glad I answered." Hello, James Briefall. You should, you should, you should say you, you should pretend to be your own secretary. I, so I saw a TikTok about this. It was the girl who said this new hack I've learned, where whenever I go to a restaurant, whenever I book a hotel room, I get my assistant to do it. 
I don't have an assistant. Yeah. I just call on behalf, and I get treated incredibly. I get a better table. I often get upgrades. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to start doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Mr. Briefel would yeah, like to. I'm big on behalf of Mr. James Briefel. Mr. You don't know? Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, Pulp <laughs> Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. James Reefer would you know like. What? Are you a rugby fan? No. Fine. Fine. I was <laughs> there goes that anecdote. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Why? Well, you can go for it. No, uh, there was I hate a. Rugby. Uh, ruined school. You hate rugby. Yeah, school ruined rugby for Even me. Even to watch it. You're not yeah, built like a rugby player. You're, you're a basketball <laughs> man. I used to I used to ask the rugby coach if I could be the corner flag. And then me and the English teacher, who also hated rugby, would walk along the side of the pitch and talk about other things we'd rather do apart from playing rugby. <laughs> I am sporty. I'm not saying I'm yeah. not sporty, but I just, it was always winter term yeah. in the shortest shorts ever known to man yeah. in a soggy, you know, when the grass is frozen, yeah. there's frost on it. You get crunching. Yeah. And some horrible thug, thumb looking yeah. rugby teacher is just sadistically asking kids to like grapple each other and tackle. It's not fun. I'm not yeah. enjoying it. There's other kids. There's, there's, they favoritize the the really big kids. It could work. That could be a word. Favoritize? Yeah. Yeah, they favor. They favor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was wrong as it was coming yeah. out. They favor the really big athletic kids and then everyone else just like, is just sent to do horrible drills. It'll like, toughen no. you up. Yeah. No, it won't. No. Um, but uh, no, don't worry then. I, I, yeah. I can't, can't even tell you my anecdote. Don't bring it up. <laughs> um, so how's it going? Yeah, oh my God. Uh, how is it going? Shit, it's Busy fine. Life, huh? Yeah, you know what? I've seen nothing and I'm really looking forward to taking the week of Christmas off and watching everything like a cow really? potato. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. I think this, yeah, I, I can see that happening. Everything's out. Everything's coming out. I know we said this last week, but I do feel like it's all of a sudden yeah, back. It? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like that rush, the rush to Christmas. Then you yeah. get that downtime and you're like, I will watch everything. And then you come back. Although I end up watching really old films at Christmas yeah. in the downtime, like, like black and white films. Yeah. So I don't, I, if someone's like, oh, what did you think of, did you see, did you catch up on it? I'm like, yeah, but all the people in it are dead. <laughs> you wouldn't know any of them. No, they're <laughs> dead, their children them. are dead. I, uh, uh, the only thing I've seen, which I was watching very passively whilst I was working, is the Ali G show on Netflix, which has just come back Whoa. up. Whoa, I never saw it. You never 20 it? years oh, ago. Yeah. It's still hilarious. Really? I cannot believe that Channel 4 commissioned that in 1997 or whenever wow. that came out. Because that, even though it kind of, is it, it successfully still satirizes yeah. what it's doing, but I still can't believe that in 97 that was allowed to be on TV. I don't know what, it's probably yeah. on at 11 or one in the morning, but oh God, it's still Has so good. some of it dated badly? Some, some of it is dated, but like it, it's funny because it's dated because the, the whole idea of pranking people on camera didn't exist. Yeah, I think in that time it was assumed if, you, if you're shooting a TV show, you're legit. There was no... Yeah bootleg yeah. online youtube pranking yeah. culture so you probably just like he has mps on yeah, there yeah. and like heads of the fbi yeah uh, all these things that would people who would never do an interview now because they would think well unless it's the top top tv is no there's it's just the wind up but, but actually you say that but then like he has actually been able to continue it and you know when he had that mm. sasha baron cohen had that show recently was who it is called, america who is america which i didn't watch but you you did yeah very and, funny. like but i remember him telling a story there's a really good hollywood reporter roundtable which has got loads of great people. It's got Sash Baron Cohen, but it's also got um, Ted Danson, uh, Henry Winkler, uh, Don Cheadle, okay. Jim Carrey. Yes. Um, you imagine how much Ted Danson's getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also then just like one guy from Veep who I have no idea who he is. But anyway. Uh, okay. Um, and in this round table, like Sash Baron Cohen is talking about making that show. And, he's, and he explains how he almost got to interview Ben Carson, who was the Republican. Oh, yeah. 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 
at the Republican convention, I believe. And it, it, it like he, Doctor Ben Carson. Doctor Ben Carson, and like Ben Carson was like walking into the room, but then he explains that like, how it didn't work because he he I think he was playing with like a toy car or something that happened to be there. It, right. it, I, I don't want to ruin the anecdote, but it's so interesting. And then oh, I should watch it. And then like the way that obviously then the security services like hounds like smell like a threat, like an imposter oh, in the, in the, really? in the, in the yeah. hotel. And they're like, they we got, smell. Fear. We got we got a problem up on level three. We got a problem <laughs> up on level three. And so like Sasha Baron Cohen explains this whole story of how he like oh. Brilliant. I bet there are so many things which are great stories but never made it into the show. Because I bet you have to record far more than you would ever need yeah. because so much of it, A, they wouldn't sign a release form, B, wouldn't yeah. be able to use. But I, I've heard that, because I was surprised when you did Who is America because I thought almost that that format of the fake interview, mm. or the fake interviewer yeah. was almost dead. But I, I, I heard that their method is, so like they had Bernie Sanders on for an interview, right? So like huge politician. And what they do is they, they have a whole, they set up a fake interview with a journalist who's pretending to... So if, if, it's, if the commission is the BBC, if the BBC, it'll be a journalist from the BBC. They'll have a 20-minute interview with Bernie Sanders, and then they say, oh, um, we have this gentleman here who is, you know, one of his characters yeah, yeah. like disabled, and he runs a think tank. He'd love to ask you some questions if you have time. So they had 30 minutes right. with Bernie Sanders. They did 20, then do 10, and that's what they show. Oh. So the 20-minute interview that was a fake interview, they just don't use. Yeah. And they use that as a way in to get it, which is huh. clever. Yeah, you, 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 but yours seem to be more of a fan than of that because I wouldn't see that because I find that some, I, I tell you what, I, I saw one clip and it was where he spoke to OJ after OJ came out and I found it yeah. so uncomfortable. I, I watched about 30 difficult. seconds of it and I thought, I can't, I can't actually do this. <laughs> I mean, I love his idea. His rationale was like, what if I got him to admit it on camera? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, would that, like, yeah. Well, I think that's genius. It like, is genius. It's a great idea. That. I mean, imagine if, imagine if he'd done it. I mean, that would have been like his, his, his it's Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> and he, 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 what's amazing about that interview is that he doesn't admit it, but it's so close with the knowing looks and the laughing. You're like, you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, yeah, if you didn't see it, part of that Who Is America show, Sasha Baron Cohen got, got mm. an interview with OJ Simpson and basically like was playing this like Brazilian playboy, yeah. like clout boat yachting millionaire. And he was just like in the room with him trying to get him to talk about murder and like yeah. killing killing off wives. Yeah, just like, you sometimes you've got to teach him a lesson. That was the last one of the series, I think. That was, uh. I think that was the final interview of the series. He got that, um, that was it a uh, congressman fired? That whole combat scenario. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't like you wouldn't have to unbu unbuckle your pants. Yeah, yeah, his pants down, and he was saying racial stuff. It was completely just yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, no, I, I, I think there, there, there are times when I watch his stuff, and I'm like, that is really crude, and I'm not quite in on it. Yeah. But other times, I'm like, this is genius. Please never stop. Did you see the clip from when he made? I didn't see the second Borat film. Did you? Yeah, it was okay. Okay, but did you see the clip from the like the? bonus material of when he's at a convention and people I don't know if they twig that it's like Sasha Baron Cohen but they twig that this guy's like having the one and we're talking there's like right people there really I'm talking really really right people You're and then, people. anyway like you know the the pitchforks come out and like have you not seen it when he's in the back of the truck and there's literally them the banging on the vehicle and he's like we've got to go now really We've got to go. And, it, and it's the, and I think it's the it's only, breaking character he breaks character that's why it's so interesting because wow. he actually breaks character and he's literally lying down it's like, I think it's a it's an ambulance they've hired and wow. he's, having, he's having to hold the door as they drive. He's like, just fuck. He said, I think we just go, guys. I think yeah. we just go. It's really hair-raising stuff. Because wow. they've got footage of, of people slowly realizing what's going on. And they are angry. <laughs> they thought that, that he's sort of deceiving them and trying to make a mockery of them. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's taking the piss. The, the end of Bruno got pretty hairy. Never seen it. Bruno is like, there's... 
he plays a gay character and he go like long story short the final scene is he he reignites with his friend at like an mma fighting arena and they're gonna fight and instead they just start making out in front of this incredibly masculine crowd and they're getting god. really angry and they're like trying to climb in and kill them and you're like oh my yeah. god it's like one of those situations you're like get out i'll tell you what so good. i'll tell you what he's got some cojones like yeah. that's the thing that's what makes it good to watch and he's so I, I actually think that's like the sign of a genius because Sasha Baron Cohen would always take something and like reformat it in his own way. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw it. I mean, obviously this was a little bit more safe and a little bit more staged, but last year when the, the, vaccine, rolling, the vaccine rollout was just starting to happen, he does an interview. It might have actually been in January, like the beginning of this year. He does an interview on Jimmy Kimmel where it's like live from his house and he's doing a Zoom. And, what, and he's talking about the trial of the Chicago 7 because oh, that yeah. was on the awards circuit. And he's talking about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he keeps getting phone calls. Going, Hang on a second. Who is it? Ruffalo. What do you want, mate? i got AstraZeneca. <laughs> i got Pfizer. Yeah. And, he's, and he keeps making jokes. There's loads of Oatly in there. He's just like, you just want Oatly. And then his wife, you know, Isla Fisher comes in. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, and then he still tries to have this interview. And then it, like, the stakes get higher. So then like, um, Isla Fisher comes in. She's got a shotgun. She's like, the police are outside. And then, it, <laughs> and then it turns into a chase. And he's still trying to do the interview about Chicago. So he's I like, yeah, it. Aaron Sorkin, you know, mate. Really good. But, oh, I mate. need to watch that. Yeah, yeah. That. It's, it's really Yeah, funny. he's he's. I think until very recently, he's never just done an interview. He was either in character yeah. you never actually saw him as himself and he, he would have done a bit but yeah that sounds i think it's probably because like he like like the chicago seven he probably thought i wouldn't mind like actually like being myself and then performing as a character sure. as, as part of a wider thing i can't yeah. always just be this prank star that i was never gonna get anywhere. i thought he was good in trial of the chicago seven yeah i did. i thought that fine. film in the was pretty good i, mean, I really enjoyed it you know apart yeah. from, you know the ending which is very sort of yeah 90s like yeah but uh that is solid entertaining stuff it's a lovely wordy talky sorkin-esque yeah. film it, not even sorkin-esque no, it is it, it is literally, it is literally yeah. written directed by sorkin uh yeah and you got some great actors in there yeah. mark, mark rylance just it put him in everything Jesus. yeah uh yeah. that's a t i mean yeah that's a stacked film and eddie redmayne doing his version well his his, his american accent which isn't bad but i just no. I think it's really distinctive yes <laughs> you know, we're coming to chicago we're, he's talking a bit like this i'm like i don't know if that guy actually sounded like that in real life but it's like, there's always like this musical theatricality to Eddie's. i always find when benedict cumberbatch does an american accent i'm like that oh, is no. a that is someone doing an american accent it's mm. an accurate american accent but mm. i can tell it's someone doing an american accent i don't know if it's accurate when he when he's doctor strange i find it so fake i'm just you're, you're not gonna go there. yeah uh, or, or the power yeah. of belief. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, sorry, Chicago Seven and uh, mm. Jeremy Strong, unrecognizable in the long hair. You yeah. know, he plays Jerry Rubin, like sort of dull-faced hippie instead yeah. of like dull-faced billionaire. One egg was enough. What do you? What does that mean? Yeah, I forgot he was in that. But yeah, he is. yeah, very that's, good, it's got, it's a, yeah. that's a full. That's a proper. And then Michael Keaton turns up at like ninety minutes in. You know? Yeah, I I remember watching that and me and me and the girlfriend were just we were very engaged from the from the word go i was like that's what you want for a for a watch at home film yeah in the and, it, and also uh you know it pushes your buttons in the right way where you go oh, that's terrible yeah. oh, the injustice oh, did that happen did yeah. that really yeah. no yeah then afterwards you get your phone out like a gorgeous it really, idiot it did really chicago happen? seven yeah. oh my god and yeah. obviously google is well aware that that's a film that's out now and it's just serving you up yeah. all the questions to the you like this is chicago this. seven and then you just feel like real actually happened yeah. is is it true? How accurate? And you're like, oh, I'm so basic. <laughs> you know what's funny? Just talking about um, the uh, trial of Chicago 7 mm. and politics on screen. Mm. I was thinking about recently, do you, isn't it funny that uh, 
a house of cards. Do you remember when that used to be like the show? The that was show. the cutting edge of the modern age of TV. And what I find interesting is that in the space of really like five, six years, I mean, it's eight years since it launched now, but really in the space of five, six years, that went from being like the cutting edge definitive show of the Golden Age of TV yeah. to being like at the, at the back of the pack. Yeah. Like it, forgotten about. It was at the time when Netflix had a, you could you could name on one hand the Netflix original shows yeah. and it was very much the poster child of why streaming is going to work. Yeah. It was like, oh, but you know, you've got streaming shows like House of Cards and yeah. Orange is the New Black and I can't remember what the other ones would have been, but... That was it, and it was yeah. it was not disposable. It was it was very well produced. It had A list actors, yeah. and it was directed by A list directors, yeah. and it was beautiful. It looked as good as a, a film. It was a good show. Yeah, it was a really good show. But I just find it interesting how it over the course just of it, really disintegrated. Yeah, and just it, it fell. It's almost like it fell out of the conversation. I'm not even. I don't, I'm not even sure the quality of the show got worse, but Did actually, the competition get better. I think I think everyone up their game. I think yeah. also. That we that's when we reached peak TV. I think for me, peak TV happened in 2016 when they brought out Westworld. Okay, because I saw that and that was like this has got ev like just rammed full of famous people, money as well. Yeah, rammed full of money, and it wasn't very good. That's yeah. what annoyed me. It was just it was just just big for the sake of being big. And I was like, this is peak TV. This yeah. is this is it. We're at sure. saturation point. And Great I think visual by that effects point, and like uh, yeah. like period settings. I don't know, not technically, but you know, no, but like, but sure, I mean, like full, full set, epic, wide and westerns. In the context of that, Game of Thrones was getting bigger and bigger Game and of bigger Thrones, and bigger. True, yeah. And I think the problem was the House of House of Cards was because I I liked it. I I actually I really enjoyed it. It was my I, show. But I, yeah. I watched four. I can't believe this. I watched four <clears throat> seasons of that show. And then I just didn't watch the last two. Not, I think I'm the same. Not because I had any bad reason, but I was trying to think, why didn't I stick to it? And I honestly think it's because when it started in like 2013, the politics, that the type of politics that it was mm. showing was very current. I never and, even thought about that. Very politics true. became and, more absurd than... Yeah, and by the time it got to 2016, which was when I actually stopped watching it, yeah. how could it relate to... It felt out of date. It felt the so idea of like fixing elections Trump. in hushed voices behind closed doors is like, yeah, yeah and... Also, <laughs> and in the idea of like, politicians being suave and slick and, and Machiavelli. Yeah. You're like, no. And like having info on a colleague and forcing them to do something. Like, yeah, it's like, it's all out in the open it's now. It's normalized. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so well, true. Well, I never well, even considered that as a reason why it would have become less irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. where's the mystery? Where's the intrigue? I, I think, I think it, for a long time, I had watched and enjoyed like two or three seasons of the show, watched yeah. the fourth and it was okay. And it was one of those things like, oh, I'm looking forward to get back to it one day. And yeah. then not hearing good things, yeah. Kevin Spacey thing happening and yeah. him departing. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm happy to not go yeah. back to it. And that's just what happened with it. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think I have nothing to say. Please, please cut before you get to this bit. <laughs> Because I've got nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, well, we're yeah. recording, so yeah. And a thought will come to me if I just, if I hopefully if I just say a few <laughs> more words. That's the university seminar approach. Yeah. yeah. And you know, mm. I liked the book. Yeah. I read it all, <laughs> yeah. cover to cover, front cover to front cover. Um, I saw a trailer for the um, Hawkeye Christmas Disney Plus series. Oh right. And that was when I thought. Yeah, there's too much superhero content, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I think it could be good. I don't know. It's with Haley Steinfeld. We will inevitably watch. Well, it. Yeah. that's the thing. I c I can be like, oh, it looks a bit dumb. But on one hand, I'm like, this looks really like it didn't need to be made. But of all the superheroes to not take that seriously, Hawkeye's probably the one yeah. because he's not that fun. 
shoving Christmas into it as a, as a, as a subject. You know, it's a Christmas setting. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. it's a bit like, a, well, okay, fair enough. Okay, you really just plumped it full of sugar. Go for something, yeah. Yeah. Ta- like, they went, we need something for Christmas. Son of Christmas. Yeah, Who's not doing got, anything? Yeah. Okay, Iron Man's dead. Uh, Thor's <laughs> over there. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a film. Uh, yeah. Hawkeye. What's doing Hawkeye? <laughs> do you want to do a holiday special? <laughs> and then, then Jerry Renner just pokes his head in the door like, yeah, yeah. oh, what? <laughs> Have you... Um, have you seen the poster for it that's out at the moment everywhere? Like oh. signs of, you know, uh, maybe, stops. but I'm not. I'm it not looks like it. a really generic PlayStation Two game from about 2003. <laughs> yeah. like, this thing about it looks really like Uncanny Valley. They don't look like real people. Oh, and yeah. then there's just a winking dog shoved in the bottom. Yes, like, I have seen this. I have seen and, this. And I'm it's like, outside the station where. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're going for like. This is dangerous, but also please bring your family, family show as well. Yeah, it's Marvel epicness, but hey, it's gonna be good fun. And it's gonna be Christmas music. I, I think I, I think I have an unbreakable rule with films that there is no good film with talking animals. Oh, film! If I okay. see a film advertised when Doolittle, you know Doolittle, Robert Downey's thing. Yes, came out last I year. heard. But when that came out and it was like it's full of talking animals, got those famous people. I was like, avoid films with avoid. talking animals. I mean, and also like photo real, like not photo real, like. 3D real life talking animals, not like yeah. cartoon. I'm not talking about like Disney's Robin Hood or the Jungle yeah, Book. Sure, sure, sure. I think you might where where, where an animal goes into live action and yeah. is incorporated. You I might think have the that. live action the live action remakes of Disney, like the Jungle Book and the Lion King, still a bit different. Fine. I'm talking about where it's like someone's living in a city and like. You know, like yeah. Kevin James, the zookeeper. Zoo <laughs> yeah. Like where, where uh, I can't believe I saw, again, I saw this on a bus in South oh America <laughs> and there's nothing else to watch. So I watched the zookeeper. guy who ran that bus went to like the, yeah. the equivalent of the, the WH Smith at the service station DVD collection. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I need something. For these I can't get kids. for these pesos. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, he, he, they put on zookeeper and that's like a film where a talking gorilla takes Kevin James to uh, a club and, and he, and the gorilla dances to, um, uh, flow rider, you know, apple bottom jeans. And the yeah. boots. There's a dance number with a talking grid. Anyway, no good film with a talking wow. animal. I remember enjoying as a child, I don't know if it's still good, the Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy, the first one. But I don't, I, yeah, I think now this is the first time I've thought on it since I saw it as a kid. And I, I don't think that's a good film. I went to a friend's house when I was a kid and they were like, yeah, we're going to put on Doctor Doolittle. And it was the like 1964 Rex Harrison oh. version where like he is slightly musical and, and there are no talking animals, but it's just about a man who can talk to animals. So <laughs> it's just, you are not interested <laughs> at all. It's a very one way street. Yeah, of course not. I was like, <laughs> yeah. this is, Where's the, where's the jokes, kid? So, I saw this article come up. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about The Last Duel, which was directed by Ridley Scott. Yes, The Last <coughs> Duel is in having, uh, you know, Pistols at Dawn kind of duel, not like yes. a diamond duel. Yes, Sorry, not duel, yes, that, yeah. duel. Um, and yeah. Ridley Scott was on the Mark Maron's podcast. Yes. And he was saying some pretty, because the film is bombed, basically. It's made mm. about 27 million mm. um, in the box office and it probably cost, in the, I think it costs in the realm of like 100 and something. Yeah, it's, so a, proper, like it's a proper epic. 100 million dollar budget, right? Uh, period drama set in the past. And he basically went on to say that like, I think what it boils down to is we've got today our audiences who are brought up on these effing cell phones. Millennials don't want to be taught anything unless you're taught it on a cell phone. And he basically went on this tirade, basically saying that it was pre-cancelled by younger generations before they saw it, which I was kind of a bit like, hmm, that's like an interesting way to say that's why your film didn't do Mm. well. Because I, I, although I didn't think it was perfect, I came out of that being like, yeah, that's much I, more I, interesting I, than I thought going in. You made me really want to say it. When you say pre-cancelled, what? Because of its subject matter? Potentially, yeah. It was kind of like, th- like they don't want to be taught about it and they don't want to be like, 
we've got audiences who are brought up on cell phones and like the patience to watch it or something that because it is a slow film that basically shows you the same thing three yeah, times. But do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I and I really disagree. Like, yeah, I really that. disagree yeah. with that because I feel like let's take the argument that it's pre-cancelled. Yeah, that that would for that to have happened, I think audiences would have to have been more aware of it. And I don't think audiences were as aware no, of it. I don't think all. people were talking about it. It's like, it it's, like it's, it's not that people don't care about it, Ridley. It's that people didn't know about it to care to have an opinion either way. Yeah, like it wasn't. You know, I, I've I've been I've had been told and seen in places about that, like because it was Disney that got. It was a Disney release actually because Disney owns. It's when I think it's um, Disney had the property after they took over Fox. I might be wrong about yeah, that. I think you're right. And I think Disney didn't really know how to to release it, and I think they kind of bungled it. I don't have anything to back that up. I'm just yeah. there's a lot of sense around. And uh, as a result, um, yeah, I th- so it has been unfortunately a bit of a, a, a mistake. But I wouldn't. First mistake. The first thing is, don't blame your audience. No. Big mistake. He's, that's a, like classic cranky old man. He really Scott's what eighty now or something. I don't, yeah, he's getting that. No, like, to be like uh, oh well, the audience doesn't like it. No, I mean, yeah. it, you can also blame marketing, right? If you didn't effectively yeah, that can communicate what why you should see a film. Exactly. Why did you? We, yeah. Why did you not communicate that? Because because I I, I thought. Because can I just say? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sat talking about this. That came out in September. Right now, Ridley Scott's latest film, House of Gucci, is getting the full PR. That's why he's on the Marvel yeah. podcast because yeah. he's talking about House of Gucci. It, that's exactly probably why he's on there. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. So he, the full the PR works is in full swing. I'm getting YouTube pre-roll ads yeah. for House of Gucci. Exactly. Posters for Didn't it. have that for Last Duel. No. Now, if, if House little. of Gucci bombs, he could legitimately say people don't care about this subject matter or yeah. the audience wasn't engaged. But... Um, I still would say don't blame your audience. Yeah. But um, but the fact that he's blaming saying that for the last year is like no 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 that that was not uh, that was not a film of the moment. That was yeah. not the and, and talking. The funny point. thing is, was when I when I went to go see it, I didn't expect to have an opinion worth. I didn't think I was necessarily mm. going to come on the podcast and and go on like a thing yeah. about why it's interesting. I was very ready to. Didn't know if, they, know if I'd enjoy it or yeah. hate it, but I was like, yeah, I was ready for it to just be a passing thing. Mm. But it's because it was so different, and like, like we say, maybe it wasn't marketed in that way at yeah. all. I would think though, a Ridley Scott period epic with all star cast usually should be a fairly good in for a cinema ticket, not just for millennials, mm. but for older generations as well. I think that is a very mar- that has been previously a very marketable cinema ticket. I would kind of say, I'm sorry, you've got a bit of fluff dangling. Oh god, it's gone now. It's just it's, it's actually gone. moved. Oh, so funny. That's more in a fluffy yeah. jumper. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but the thing is, maybe just your audience is growing up with you, Ridley. I mean, Christ, you're in, you're in your 80s now, I believe, or at least yeah. late 70s. You've been making films for 40, 50 years. Um, you know, the cachet of a Ridley Scott film. Who does that actually resonate with? Yeah. I mean, you and I, because we are filmy people. Um, Sorry, it's just quite no, funny. Listening. No, it's just for, for our listeners. James is quite, you know, understandably <laughs> scanning his eyes over the article to make sure he's just got to the make sure we're saying anything. As someone who's trying to make a point to <laughs> him, it's really just, yeah, concentrating <laughs> on what I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, you fucking on, let me sell this. Let me yeah. send this tweet. Maybe Ridley has a point about. I'm listening. I'm multitasking. <laughs> yeah, um, but now I can't right now because of my attention span. I can't even remember what <laughs> yeah. I was saying. Yeah. No, um, yeah, about that yeah he goes on and saying about like you know this is the broad stroke that we're dealing right now with facebook this is a misdirection where it's happened where they've given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation it's a lot of like very broad chat about it but i I think think unfair criticism and as i said before i think it is worth seeing it's not it's not you know it's also it it also isn't a film i recommend you go and watch because it's really difficult to watch I think I think first of all, difficult subject matter is always yeah. hard to sell. Yeah. I think don't blame your audience, but I do understand his frustration. I think he's just slightly misplaced and slightly vaguely attached to something. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try and see House of Gucci. Um, yes. Maybe we'll talk about it soon. 
Um, yeah, did you see also in this PR cycle that he said, it's so funny, you and I were here talking a couple of weeks you know, in a row about sequels and things like that. Yeah. And he said, we've got an, Aliens TV, uh, an alien TV show coming. We've got a Blade right. Runner TV show coming. Oh, I heard that, yeah. And it's going to be like, with the alien one, it's going to be the first uh, alien story set on Earth. Um, no. Ridley, no. Must we? Must we do <laughs> yeah. this? That's yeah. my like. Why must you executively produce an alien film yeah. every three years? Yes. I come on. So I've kind of got a game slash talking point that yeah. I wanted to sort of bounce around with you. Um, look, I don't want to be a negative person. No, I know you don't either. We don't want to be negative. This isn't that kind of space, but. I, I saw something the other day. I saw a film that was woeful. Really? Really, really uh, bad. And, you know, I, uh, when you see a bad film that, like that, it really sticks in your memory. And it yeah. got me thinking about what could I say are some of the worst films I've seen? Now, I thought that's actually quite broad, saying the worst films you've seen, because you start thinking about, oh, what's like the like, lowest quality? And I thought, no, let's attach it to a time frame. What What are the, some of the worst films I've seen like the last five years? You know? Yeah. So I saw this film and it was awful, but what was the film before that that I thought was really awful? And what was the film before that that was really awful? You know what's interesting about bad films and people's reactions to bad films is that there's so much work. People react quite badly to a bad film, more so mm. than they maybe need to. Like, what is it? Is it because you spend, you commit time well, to something and you, you get a little bit invested and then it lets you down because people get like, oh, that was terrible. But like, it's just a film. I, yeah, but I think it's the, um, this is a classic Mark Kermode thing that he's always said. And I, right. I, I hate to like reference another podcast, sure. but like we are the generation that grew up with him on the of radio. Course, yeah. And he always said it's the secondary infection thing, which is the, the, it's one thing to see a bad film, but it's, it's the, where people get really annoyed is when it's almost like offensive. Yes. When it's almost like it's like uh, it's it's so bad to the point that like that actually offends my like the core of who I am. And maybe I tell you what, I've compiled a list. It's a five oh, five films I've seen in the past five years that I have at the time have all th have thought they were absolutely woeful and dreadful. Okay? At the time, but have you? No, grown? you know. Okay, I, fine. But then, well, I thought they were dreadful. Then I saw the next one, and I was like, "Well, that's the most recent awful film I've seen." Oh, I and see. And then I saw the next one. So I've got five films over the past five years. And maybe if we go through them, we can pick out why those films really, you know, and maybe you've seen them. Maybe maybe you agree or disagree. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm going to begin with the most furthest one away. I'm okay. going to end with the one I saw recently. At least within five years, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I want us to journey back to 2016. Okay. So obviously, I've only seen these films once, funnily enough. Yeah. yeah. So this is now... You didn't rewatch them for the show. No, no. <laughs> Bad research. <laughs> um, you know, the, the one film I remember at the time in 2016 being like, this is god awful was batman versus superman oh god yeah which in hindsight when you say that out loud sounds like well what did you expect like the most generic sounding it wasn't even batman v superman batman v superman colon dawn of justice or because that title screams to me yeah. i we don't know what this film's gonna be about and that was the problem with that film because because i think when i when i remember that film got announced in something like 2012 2013 yeah. i was like there's no way it could be bad it really? I, oh, I was James. like, I, yeah, and I was like, because I, I was coming off the very like Man of Steel, somber, oh, yeah. dipping their toes in the Nolan style of mm. superhero. This was this much very different time yeah. superhero movies. I didn't mind Man and of I, Steel. I didn't either. mind Man of Steel apart from like the last act. That I I, mm. I rewatched Man of Steel. I want to say three years ago, three or four years ago, and like the first. Two two thirds of that movie are really yeah. watchable and enjoyable, and then it, you it's lose about it. forty minutes of loud noises. It's, it's interesting you say 
uh, Batman v Superman because I agree with you. It is it is a woeful film and a huge missed opportunity. It is it is an Oscar winner compared to Justice League. That like right like ah, which so, I haven't seen because so, of the, I, yeah, yeah. Like I agree with you, bad film, but like the shadow of Justice League far overcasts oh. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice in my eyes. If you gun to my head asked me to watch one of the other, I would very happily go to a screening right. of Batman v Superman over Justice League. So that's like the, sh- the, the, the shitty starter. And then Justice yeah. League came along and was like, no, no, this Poop is your main Yeah, <laughs> food podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you even watched the four-hour Snyder Cut, didn't I you? I watched the Snyder Cut just because uh, at the time it was coming out, it was so, it was just bubbling to the top of uh, Twitter and pop culture and there was all this... All this, like, I think we were in lockdown as well. We were in <laughs> lockdown, and it was all this hype about it, and it was four hours long, and I was like, "Yeah, like fuck it, let's do it." And it's it's better, but I, I think I think I mentioned maybe at the time watching that through once, I watched a scene and I was like, "I'd cut that." Yeah, I'd cut that, and like every third scene, I was like, "This is this is ridiculously long." That's not a film. Yeah, four never, hours. Yeah, no, that's that's just like, well, we've got we didn't even bother editing it down. It's not. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It doesn't. Scenes don't edit from one to the other in a way that like films flow yeah, and they make yeah. sense. It is a series of scenes that last four hours. It's like an art installation. Yeah, I've never seen a film and going, that's not a film. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a series of things. <laughs> and yeah, it's so long. I, there's so much that's better, but. Well, no, I remember, I, people say, I remember people saying at the time, like, oh, um, yeah, you get so much more characterization with these characters. I'm like, of course you do. You've been given, like, a, a, a unlimited time to just, you know, if, if you sit with half a day to... And it's not like one of those things that, well, if they'd broken it up into six 45-minute episodes, it would work like a TV show. No, no it wouldn't it, it wouldn't make sense. No one would tune in for episode two. Okay, well, moving on from that, yeah. I, I, I thought, so I thought that was pretty ropey. Yeah. Then that was topped by... Uh, what you could refer to as a sister film, a cousin sure. film, which was Suicide Squad. Oh my god! Which we saw together, we saw together in in August 2016, which was the first time, just as a food and film and food podcast, I should say, that James gave me a Tango Ice Blast, <laughs> which I never had. <laughs> yeah, and the cinema Tango Ice Blast, which is like having like a yard of sugar just poured into your brain. I, it's what I imagine having a, a pint of cocaine. It's like before going to, <laughs> into the cinema, you're just there, like you feel because <laughs> you, you kind of. It's one of those things you kind of drink in the out before the film starts yeah. but like the film starts and you're just vibrating ever so slightly <laughs> the most it says a lot that the most memorable part of that cinematic experience was actually seeing the teaser for Dunkirk yeah which was with, not with which, the hats yeah. the guys with, on the, the, the hats with the helmets the helmets <laughs> um, yeah and that wasn't going to come out for like another nine months yeah and then so we saw Suicide Squad which um, uh, before before you go into Suicide Squad okay. I, I'll, I'll never forget the, the first teaser trailer for Suicide Squad and right. what that film yeah. was promised at promise, what that film looked like it was going to be. Sure. And I was so in. I had no idea what the Suicide Squad was, but it really looked so cool and different yeah. and But that slow. was the problem because then everyone loved the trailer. So they got the guys who made the trailer to cut the film. Yeah. That's why the film has about a hundred songs in it. Like every time there's a scene change, there's a song. I had a headache. Yeah. And I remember you like shaking your head. I just the, like, the, the, it, got, it got to the point where you, you, you had these, uh, they introduced the characters, you know, in the sort of first act and you would get this like animated splash screen yeah. and like graphic text yeah, jump like out. Video game. And you would have like a different, like someone at the house party has left the iPod on shuffle oh, and it's just scanning across artists. Look, I also, it's really disorienting. Look, for context, obviously I didn't need to contextualize Batman v Superman because that's, no is what it says on the tin. Yes. But Suicide Squad, I mean, most people know, but you know, that was the, the DC film and uh, that came out in 2016. And, and that had like, uh, the problem with that film 
if we're really going to examine it, was like they had no idea. Now, you and I have both seen the new one, yeah. which we haven't really talked about. But I would say, if, but the new one is much far more watchable. A huge it, improvement. It, a huge improvement. But it's, you know, it's still, it still has its flaws. But the, the, the big difference is this. It's like Suicide Squad 2016 had no idea what it wanted to do. This yeah. had an idea. It's the difference between yeah. having no idea and having an idea. Yeah. And, and, and how well it executes the idea, well, that's here, here and there. But that's why Suicide Squad was such a bad film because it had no clue from scene to scene how it wanted to go about itself. You know? I, I, I left being like, where, where was the film I saw the teaser for? Yeah. That, that like moody, artistic, yeah. different, it had a different, uh, like feel and pace to it. I was like, this, yeah. this could be really different. I remember seeing a, like a newer trailer, like when they released it, I'd be like, oh, that, that looks really different, but I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's just like an international trailer or something. <laughs> it's quite depressing that. Oh, did you see, sorry, Jared Leto wants the air cut of Suicide Squad. Oh, God. I was like, no, no sorry. Just you, not, Leto. Yeah. Just you, Leto, because you get lambasted for your, yeah. your Joker performance. Like, I don't, I don't want it. No. I've got a new Suicide Squad. Yeah. I don't want now like a new version of the old Suicide Squad. No, 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 sorry. no, no, no. Um, it's quite worrying that images and can be manipulated to such an extent that yeah. you know they could you could make a new film out of essentially yeah, the same footage. A different cut. Um, the, the Justice League cut is insanely different. Like what yeah. what Whedon clearly cut from the old one is like oh how, why would you get rid of that anyway? But but, know, but just interesting how much they shot. And just so I'm clear, the new Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one, yeah, these which is called the Suicide Squad with Idris Elba and stuff. Yes. I thought it was fine. Yeah, like watchable, fun, watchable. Yeah. I, I saw so many really inflated tweets like, "This is amazing! This is the funniest! Yeah, this yeah, is exactly like, what." Down, everyone. Okay, this is not anything incredible. It's, yeah. it's a very enjoyable time. Yeah, it's a classic B movie. Yeah, and which is what it sets itself up. Could enjoy it on a plane. Good. Yep. Could have enjoyed that on a plane. Yep. yep. Okay. So so that was that was 2016. Yeah. Wow. I think it was then topped by a film that I saw that at the time I just thought was okay. Mm. But now I look back and I think that really yanked my chain. Yeah. And that was Alien Covenant uh. in 2017. Talking about Ridley Scott just yeah. now. Every time you I say mean, a film, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what a, what a risible game. But like, yeah, talking about Ridley Scott there, it's like Alien Covenant, which is a uh, purports to be a sequel to Alien, like a new Alien film, but it's actually, it's a, it's a Prometheus sequel. Yes. That's that's what bothers me. Yeah. It's got this cloak around it, but actually it's a Prometheus sequel. Um, you know, Ridley Scott returned to make that. Everyone was like, yeah, you know, the, he made the original Alien. And I was like, yeah, 38 years ago. That's a, li that's a, a lifespan in terms of cinema. They made yeah. films very differently. And I don't know, what did, what did you what did you think of Alien Covenant? So much plot, so much waffle. Um, it, like I've, I've probably had this. We've talked recently about how much we enjoyed Aliens and Alien, yeah. you know. And I, I think that one of the cool things I always liked about Alien Singular is <laughs> the the horror of it is that it is such a normal happenstance of horror. They are just very normal people yeah. encounter. I don't care about the mythology of the beginning of time yeah. and the ancient battles between sentience. Or where it came and, from. Or where it came from. Yeah. The fact that all I needed was that strange planet strange yeah. things alien yeah. that and that that is what's horrifying about it the more i see this monster in daylight the more yeah. i see this monster shown to yeah. its original i just I, the more the less the less it's scary the less it the less it's interesting to me the, re the reason alien stood out is because it took a again a b-movie concept it's a monster movie it's a monster movie that could equally been you know 1950s you know show it in the afternoon kind of thing yeah. but elevated by you know a film a movie uh, art level uh, expertise yeah you know, the, the hr guy could design the, it, it didn't the look like anything before it exactly I think. So, so you've got 
or the bare bones of it is a slasher, you know, yes. um, you know, monster. And they're getting picked off one by one. Yeah, yeah classic, classic monster territory. And then it's, but it's elevated by this really like artistic approach. Yeah. And it's a similar one I think about the thing. Yes. You know, yeah. Which literally was based off like a 50s it's monster like Masterpieces of, of special effects oh, and like, yeah. like being efficient with the kind of lighting and design instead of like over, like trying to go, go to plot and yeah. synopsis. It, I, I think, I think cause that, I remember the marketing for that was very like horror. Fading it really Covenant. Into, Fading Covenant, sorry. It's very horror. And it was all of these like, people becoming zombie-ish on the, on the ship. And there's a moment in that movie where it really is a film of two halves where you, you separate into this upside-down pyramid where Michael Fassbender's yeah. when it becomes Prometheus thing, it, become, it really just goes into full Prometheus and not the good Prometheus, no. the, any good part of Prometheus. No. It's just heady and like, I'm confused, do I care? Yeah. I'm not in. Loads of talks about, oh, the beginning and Byron and Shelley and to create, to meet your maker. And There's lots of very dark rooms. Uh. I, I've never talked about this, but I think fil sometimes films really get let down by setting things in really dark rooms for mm. too long. Yeah. You need to like lift the lights to get me to connect. Do you remember yeah. the opening of Solo? Solo. You probably don't. Oh, Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, what do I just, not to yeah. um, not to sort of like bring a completely different film into this, another conversation. But the opening that was in really dark yeah. light, and I'm like squinting, I'm like who's who? There's an alien. Which one's Han Solo? Yeah. Why are we here? And like from that beginning, I I was playing catch up. Right. Do you know what Let I think it see. is? I think it's the budgie effect, which is like if oh. you put like a you know like I was talking to somebody about this recently. Like if you put a budgie. Like you know, if you if you put a, if you put a blankie, <laughs> you know a budgie. <laughs> if you put like a blanket over a budgie's cage, goes to sleep, right? My point uh, is like, fine. if you put us as yeah. an audience in a in a dark room in a, in a warm room, you just start to lose focus. You just start and, to and fade out. You it's can't like, no, you... turn the lights out, but like yeah. for 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 setting the stage, show me where show yeah. me where I am. Yeah, make connect, make it legible. Then then go dark. Don't just have it all in. Yeah, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but bless them, they're going to keep doing alien films. Um, I just I like, well, I said as I said just now with the TV, yeah, so. So that was that was just okay. Moving on, I mm -hmm. wonder if you wonder if you know where this is going. I don't think you've seen this next film. Okay, and for me, this still is quite like a benchmark of a really. Oh, this film, this film stinks. This film yeah. is poopy. Right. Okay, so this film came out in 2019. Okay, and I caught up with it later in the year. I was at home. Me and my brother thought, well, let's put that one. That's new. Looks easier. Made by a very prestigious director. We all love his stuff. Written by a. Um, a household uh, screenwriter who's, you know, a particularly uh, writes in a particular style. Does yeah. a particular, but some people hate these kind of films. And it had a really weird premise at its heart. The film is yesterday. Did you ever see that? Oh, uh, the Beatles. They forget the, Be the I Beatles. I have seen half of it for some reason. What a telling answer! Yeah. <laughs> what a revealing answer! I think I have seen bits of it on after I'd come home from a night out and wanted to put something on and was not convinced and did not pick it up again. Do you know what? Whatever I say about the film now, it will never be as harsh. That is that is the harshest review you could probably give that film. I remember seeing the, I remember watching- Can I just, the, can I just say for people just to- uh, Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, the prestigious, <laughs> the prestigious director was Danny Boyle. Yeah. But there is not an ounce of Danny Boyle on this. It doesn't it's, feel it's, like it at all. Because it's a Richard Curtis written film. Yeah. And it is the bad end of Richard Curtis. Yeah. Where- relationships don't make any sense and people <laughs> people don't act like human beings. There's a central tension. Sorry, I will let you get no, no, to your point. No, no, not at all. There's a central tension in it that like, so Himesh Patel plays, um, you know, this musician who uh, 
is a failing musician, then he's the only one in the world who who remembers the Beatles because there's been he's, he's like shifted into a parallel universe. They, yeah, they never really explain it because again, the film doesn't really know what it wants to what do is, with this. Does premise. he hit his head or something? He's in a, like a, yeah, he hits by a bus oh, when right, he wakes yeah. up, but there's also like a global blackout. And he yeah. wakes up and the whole world has forgotten the Beatles, and it's like this joke because he's he's a big Beatles fan, and then he he uses the Beatles hits to get famous. And he just but, basically starts writing them himself, rewriting yeah. them and releasing but the, them. The, the film, it's a bit like what we said with, um, you know, Batman v Superman. The film, scene to scene, does not know where to take that premise. It doesn't know yeah. whether it wants to be a weird, like, science fiction kind of thing, but like, oh, hyper, like a Black Mirror hypothetical, could you imagine what to do with it? It doesn't know whether to be a romance film about his relationship with Lily James, or it doesn't know whether it wants to be like a satire of the music industry. Yeah. Or if it wants to be a broad comedy, literally scene to scene, it's going, ah, uh, no, let's be this film. No, actually, uh, uh, so frustrating. But the, 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 the central relationships that don't work, like, so Lily James is in it. And yeah. so Himesh Patel plays this failing musician. I've never been convinced by Lily James. Right, that, I've heard that from many people, actually. And you know what? Mm, I think I might have to agree with you, actually. Yeah. But so so I, I saw on the post there's the two of them and I'm thinking okay so it's quite clear because he's like the down and out musician yeah and she's like the beautiful school teacher who's like incredibly smart and very popular I was like who believes in him yeah but I'm like so you clearly like really fancy her but she doesn't see you for who you are have I just not turned no it's fine it's okay. empty you're just clearly you know um, he, she doesn't see you for who you are. And the, f- and the film's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's much more of a male fantasy than that. Himesh Patel is not only a frustrated genius, but he, Lily James is actually madly in love with him and he doesn't realise. Thanks, Richard Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, are you, are you absolutely joking? There's, there's no way this relationship wouldn't happen. I'm, say- I'm, I'm not saying she can't fancy him, yeah. but if they did, they would be a couple. And, and but, so this whole tension is like, oh, will they when they get together? I'm like, they, they would have, they, they might have. Richard, I, th- I think there are certain films that can really because I, rem- I remember my parents' generations like saying, "Oh, yesterday's great! It's so good! I loved it! Oh, the music and it's so good!" But I think there is an effect of putting some of the greatest songs of all time in a film and tricking you into thinking you like it, like mm-hmm. Mamma Mia, right? Okay. I'm not saying I think that's the best film ever, but people see that film and have a profoundly moved <laughs> yeah. experience and they love it, and that film made hundreds of millions. But I think. Mamma Mia probably has much more of a, I think oh, be it cheesy, a, a storyline. I'd rather, but Mamma Mia is fun. I, but but Mamma <laughs> Mia, I mean. <laughs> Mia knows what it wants to do. It's yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. Gonna play it's very self-aware. And yeah. also it's, it's the, the way it uses the ABBA songbook makes sense within the logic of the film. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's inherent. It, it, it's amazing how it does work. Yeah, yeah, this film, fucking yesterday, and I'm a huge Beatles fan. Yeah, so yeah. so I'm, I'm all for it. And, and It's almost the other way. Like you, these songs are sacred to you and that you're protective of them. And um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer and going, "Wait, you've never heard of?" And he's like, "Yesterday." Yeah. And, and I was just a bit like, "It's something." It's when um, British accents sound a bit naff sometimes when they deliver lines because the dialogue is so bad. The dialogue is so bad. Yeah. I, I think the British accent is more sensitive to bad writing yeah. than American. It's really is. revealing, and it can be very revealing, it's, especially if you've ever done theatre as a kid <laughs> and you 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 start doing a scene in English accent. Like, hey, like, where are you going, Matt? You, if you ever did te- like yeah. theatre and education, like, hey, don't do drugs. Yeah. And if you made it American, it all of a sudden yeah. sounded better. Yeah. I think that same effect happens sometimes when I hear. English actors doing English accents, and I go, oh, it just sounds now because I, I, yeah. I have a grounded point to it, and it yeah. feels off. That is why uh, you never see a Hallmark Christmas film set in England because, yeah, you know, in America, you can get away with it being like, oh, my father made this before he left. 
it was the only thing he left us and we keep it on the mantelpiece. Yeah. Oh, and you're like, and yeah. we're all just like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I carve wood in my shed. It's the yeah. thing I do, but at Christmas it's just a special time of year. You're an English guy saying, like, yeah. why is he talking like that? And James, this brings us fantastically oh. onto our next film because yeah. this next film is a Christmas film. Yeah. It's another recent Christmas film that came out in 2019. Okay. And I was watching oh. it. I was watching I think it. I, I was thinking, this reminds me of yesterday. And in many ways, it's in the same territory. Yeah. Written by Emma Thompson, very good friends of Richard <laughs> yeah. Curtis, uh, and, her, and her husband. Um, directed by a director who's done many other stuff, Paul Fee, who did Bridesmaids and, mm. and you know, seasoned comedians. I was straight editing a video today with Paul Feig in it. I shot loads of stuff with him. He was in it? You, yeah. you, 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 or he was there? I was filming Paul Feig at an event, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I really hope you don't go <laughs> tell him this, because him, yeah. he made this film, Last Christmas is the film, with Amelia Clark <laughs> that came out. <laughs> yeah. Again, right. the effect, you and take the music. a great song. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's from the same... Because uh, everyone saw the truth and go, oh, I love that song. Yeah. Last Christmas, <clears throat> I, I actually really do rate it as a song, and the more I've listened to it as an adult, I'm like, this is really clever, because if you listen to Last Christmas, it is a really sad song. It, it, it has like a, a distinct pace for the Christmas anthem. It, it, yeah. it brings the mood into a little bit. It, it's, a, it's a winner. But it doesn't swell into like, a, you know, you raise me up kind of yeah. vibe. It's like the synths get me in, the 80s pop synths. But yeah. It's quite he sad. does like you gave it away. Yeah. Like he has his moments, but he's, he's got not... emotion in it. Yeah, and I think now George Michael is dead. Yeah. I think that so <laughs> last Christmas, okay, right. <laughs> Amelia Clark <laughs> plays a um this is this is this is a bit like yesterday. It's got so many weird ingredients and it doesn't know where to go with it. Also, can I just say one I've last I've not seen it, but yeah. You haven't seen it. One last thing on yesterday that I just want to say. Yeah. The thing that broke my heart about that film is that like it was original. It was a yeah, completely original so premise. True. And I thought, that is a mental premise. I'd love to see where they go with it. And the answer was nowhere. Spider-Man wasn't in it, which is just a yeah. miracle <laughs> of any film. It didn't say at the end that the Beatles will be back in Avengers <laughs> <Yeah>. Beatles War. It's <laughs> yeah. um, like, oh, we've got to go get the oh, time right, stone. we've got to go play the Infinity War. Ringo, <laughs> you get the time stone. Paul, you <laughs> get the soul stone. <laughs> oh, I'd just like to sit here, actually, and think. Anyway. Um, I've moved on now. You need to keep we've consistent. We're talking about last Christmas. Last Christmas. So here's the, here's the plot. The film begins in Yugoslavia in 1997. All right, I could yeah. not have predicted no, that. No, thing. and then it, it's it's just a shot. No one speaks in this in the scene. It's just um, <laughs> I feel uh, like uh, I now want the whole plot of the movie. Oh, I'm going to give it just to you. Done. Yeah. So so it's just it's just um, a family. You know, it's a church sermon, and and people are singing, and it's the choir, and it and it, and it's her family. It's very clear that it's Emilia Clarke as a young girl. Yeah. And it's her mother, played by Emma Thompson. Emma yeah. Thompson plays a Yugoslavian lady, <laughs> so she commits to doing crazy accents. And for she the whole... wrote it, so it's not like she got shafted with a role. Yeah. She's like, no, no, I will <laughs> be the Yugoslavian. I've written lady. myself as this. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Um, and then you know, so her family, and then no no dialogue is spoken, and then it just cuts to the present in Christmas 2017. Right. There's no real reason for that. It doesn't really explain why. It, there's never a rational reason. So you go going, in just slightly okay, scratching your head. Why isn't this just set in the present day? Why is it set two years ago? Amelia Clark is this, um, oh God, she's such a train wreck because like her life's just falling apart because she hasn't got anywhere to live and she drinks a lot and she shags a lot and uh, she like ruins her friend's life. Oh, she's such a train wreck. And she works at a Christmas shop in Covent Garden that sells Christmas things all year round. Tangent from this, Michelle Yeoh runs this Christmas shop, okay? Right. Michelle Yeoh, you know, been in loads of stuff. She has a side plot about a visitor who loves Christmas, this German visitor. And and, and the scenes where they have, like, they're so weirdly directed that, you know, my girlfriend I was watching with, we were just like, what is happening? Yeah. Is this, is this like a science fiction thing? Anyway, it's very hard to explain if you haven't seen the film. No, 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 I, I'm following. Just let me roll. Um, and then... Uh, 
And then she's, and yeah, she's like falling apart. She was like, I was ill last year, but I'm better now. But oh, I'm such a train wreck. And I have to say at this point, Amelia Clark, to be fair to her, she commits to this film. She really. She good. She is, she is. Doing what she can with what she's she's got. She's, she looks like someone who spent, as she did, nine years in a role that didn't allow her to do very much. (laughs) She's been like, I I get to do something else. I'm going for it. Yeah. I'm going for it. So I will just say props to Amelia Clark for this. Anyway, and then she meets Henry Golding, who again does not deliver. It doesn't work because he's got to, he he speaks like in a oh I'm Henry Golding, who's not a, the strongest of actors. Yeah, and he he speaks in that sort of posh accent, and because the dialogue is so stilted. Oh, I, I hate the depiction of like a yeah. posh English guy. Yeah, he's basically Hugh Grant, but he's a bit more modern, and he rides a bike. But because the dialogue is so stilted, it doesn't really work. Okay, so why is this film bad? Because like I said, it doesn't know what it wants to do from scene to scene. There's a huge howling really really obvious thing about the film that everyone spotted everyone spotted in the trailer and the film does zero can we spoil it i think we're gonna spoil it okay i'm out conscious that we we are in a we are in a lead up to christmas and some people might be watching a christmas film this year and it's fairly new it's just come on netflix so spoilers for last christmas with amelia clark yeah which you haven't seen. Which I haven't seen. But so I what do you think happens, James? So I think he, he he's the angel the whole time, right? He's exactly he's, that. He's the angel and she he's he's dead, but she can see yeah. him. Something like that. Because you know why, he's guys? He's not real. Because last Christmas, he gave her his heart. Boom. Li- no, literally. He gave her, he got hit by a bus. She had a heart transplant. It was his. And he's like this angel weird thing he like he'll never communicate with anyone else in the film will he he'll never actually speak to no, anyone he'll never speak to anyone else he always wears Bruce like very Willis beige in, in the um, sense. yeah beige uh, another spoiler 20 yeah. years old come on he wears very beige bland like um sort of pl- angelic colors that you can yeah. describe to any sort of particular personality um he's very nice he works <laughs> at a church angel you know yeah, exactly <laughs> it's been, but but what annoys me is that the film doesn't commit the film never invests in him as a real person for you to not believe that so you're always just being like who is who is this I've also weird not guy? seen it but why would an angel not reveal themselves is there like a rule is that is that established law that yeah. angel can be like hey like i'm an angel let's like talk about your problems it's a wonderful life yeah yeah that's like the, the rule that there's no pussing around there yeah it? yeah um yeah, so uh, pussy footing, I should have said. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? I said just pussying around. <laughs> Sorry, Henry Golden. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't think I've articulated well enough why this film is frustrating, but, no, but I, I think, think I it's it. that thing. It's like they incoherent ha- directing. So they well. had not, I haven't even got to the strangest bit yet. So all that happens, and then it's all about Brexit. What? Yep, yep. Uh, for the last, uh, there's about 20 minutes in there where it's about, you know, Eastern European people getting shouted out on buses. Oh my God, that to go back home. so much. Yeah, and then, and then, they never mention it again. Because that would have hit, so if it came out in 2017, no, no, that it, no, 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 no. It came out in 2019. Oh. And they set it in 2017. Oh my God. Yeah. And Why would you want to do that? But this is the thing. It's like, if you're going to bring that in there, what's the, g- give me a reason. I could never guess that would be a... Take, take me to the logical conclusion of that. But they bring it in, they go, oh, Christmas, people being shouted at, oh, oh the, the, the Eastern I did not Brexit. Know and then, that, I did not know that was a plot point, but I'm yeah. like, even more put off from seeing it. Yeah. I, politically, no. not uh, completely irrelevant, but just yeah. like that... Why just crow by the Christmas tree? So badly how, done. How, how much... How much ba- how, how badly that's going to age more and more as the years go by. Yes. Jesus Christ. And then just to top it off, they there's there's a thing in a bit about homeless shelter and helping the homeless, but the homeless, the way they are depicted is like 
the most Dickensian, outdated way of basically the homeless are depicted as like just actually like humble, like lovely people who just like to are a bit cuckoo, eh? Yeah. You know, I can see Emma Thompson typing it out, going, "Oh, it would be funny if this one. She's just a mad alcoholic <laughs> and she just like shouts funny things to people in the street, <laughs> but, she's got, but she's got a heart of gold. Isn't it funny? <laughs> yeah. And off. at the end, they all put a play on, and it's all wonderful. Yeah. Um, which is literally what happens. They put wow. a play. On, yeah. You you thoroughly unsold it to me <laughs> even more. <laughs> I, I was never gonna watch it. And now I, you know what? Maybe it's going full circle, and I need to see it for what it is. But that's the thing. But I, th- I don't know if I can sit through it. It is. It is. Um. I, it, it is the film I that mean, you watch, and you go. I don't think I can watch the rest. I mean, of look, this. you're welcome. If anyone was considering <laughs> watching it, a you, you now know the whole plot. I mean, I think I very, very scattergunly just like shot you through why wow. I found some films bad. But, but I think the 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 if we can bring this all together. Yeah. The bottom line is lack of vision. Mm. lack of identity you're changing what the film wants to be scene to scene doesn't work incoherent editing because like with you said justice league if yeah. a film doesn't flow if it doesn't have that verisimilitude as Thank it's referred you. to then 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 bless it's you. not gonna <laughs> yeah, bless you <laughs> so um can i give special mention to one film in that period great i think it, I think it came out in 2016 it's a film called Hacksaw Ridge, <laughs> yeah. which was, <laughs> which is is starring an actor who I actually really like, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. You like him so much you forgot his last name. I like him so much I forgot his last name. Um, and he's an, I actually think that film has ruined Andrew Garfield for me for, for many years. Yeah. Because not because I think his performance is so bad, but the writing in that, you, yeah. you've not seen it. No, I've seen it. No, you've seen it. I mean, yeah. the, the cheese yeah. in that film is Unfound, grated on, scene, scene to scene, stringy. To the point where I think it does a disservice to the war that it depicts on screen. I think it does a disservice to cheese. <laughs> no, it, like, it actually, I'm like, this is insulting because people actually yeah. lived and died in this war. So, Hacksaw Ridge, sorry, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge, directed by Mel Gibson, who's already in my bad books. Yeah, right? already, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and and, and it's about um, a true story, very true story. This guy yeah. who was a conscientious objector, yeah. And in World War Two, in the Pacific conflict, he um. He saved um, like 50 men of his Amazing platoon. Amazing story. With, Amazing. Without firing yeah. a gun, without yeah. killing anyone. But the, the like, like um, so if you've ever seen Pearl Harbor, which at the time, not as cheesy, but you watch that now, it's quite unwatchable because yeah. of how cheesy it is. Hacksaw Ridge makes that feel yeah. like Dunkirk. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just so bad. There's, there's, there's moments where the dialogue is like, one more, I could have saved one more. Mm. And like there's, there's where he says goodbye to his girlfriend and uh. the level of sunset and uh. sun flare and they're like holding each other's hands. I, I, I had to stop myself laughing in the cinema. Talk about a Hallmark movie, like yeah. elevated for some reason. Got, that got Oscar nominated. Okay, I, that, I, that's I what bothered me about that film. The, 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 just the, the way that people just took that in without even blinking were like, wow, that, what a what an inspirational film. I felt like I was the crazy one. The yeah. I was like, yeah. who is racing this? And like, as I said, Andrew Garfield, like, I really Really, I really like as an actor, but after that, I was put off. I was like sickly sweet. Yeah. Like, you know, when you had too much sugar. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, just, I can't look at you anymore. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I, it was it was so, so, so badly done that what bothered me about that? They spend that film is long lo- it, and it's it long. loves itself so oh. much. It takes two and a half hours. And the first hour is literally a debate about whether or not he'll he'll go to war. And you kind of know he's going. because yeah, they open, it's, a, it's a movie. It's, it's, it's called Hacksaw Ridge. The, the, the post, it's on the poster, he's, he's in the battle. Yeah. At the beginning of the film, it opens in media res in the battlefield. And then they're like, I don't know if I'm going to go to war. I'm like, I think you will. I'm just going to say, some, I think you will go to war, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And to Pearl Harbor's credit, right? Yeah. That is a film 
with fake characters based yeah. on a real conflict that yeah. happened. See, I think you get a lot more slack for the cheese that happens between them in the drama, yeah. right? Because it's not really doing a disservice to people who are actually there. Whereas that's a real character and a real story. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know this person. I don't know the details of who that was. But I would bet my life that they didn't have those conversations and speak in that way. Yeah, Desmond Doss, I think was his name. Des Desmond yeah, Doss. I don't think he yeah, did any of that stuff. And uh, and then what, what's what's such weird about thinking about Hacksaw Ridge is that you've got this like soft, like yeah, very Hallmark Christmas Channel version of, of events. And then yeah. when it gets to the battlefield, Mel Gibson's like, ah, fucking kill him! And then the yeah. blood, like people's heads oh explode. Oh my God, yeah, the violence. And, like, it's like, well, we've got, eyes, to do, we've got to do the same in Private Ryan thing because yeah. that's the thing to do. People's fucking like eyes get shot out of their skull. Yeah. And it's just like, Mel, fucking pick it. Pick a gear. So yeah, the Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, that was to be honest. Like we only did like 2016 and 2017, really. We did 2019 with last yeah, Christmas, yeah, and yesterday, yeah. yeah. I mean, so and not to be you know negative, negative. We talk a lot about the films we really love. We thought it'd be very revealing for you guys. It's quite to, cathartic for us. Yeah, to to let out what doesn't work for us. And I would like to say, you know, you and I are quite patient people. Yeah, and we and I I fully understand how hard it is to make a film. I really I think do. We fully don't. It's part of the point, right? Well, no, but like yeah. I, I fully respect oh, sure. that. I I couldn't do it. No. I know I'm I'm aware of the skill. But you and I have both been on film sets. We know what yeah, yeah. what level it goes in, and so it's I'm respectful to that. But it, there just does come a point when you're like, no, I'm 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 sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. This I'm sending this back. If it was a restaurant, you'd send it back. Yeah. with with words to the maitre d. This is uh, definitely a thing we should pick up. I, read, I reckon there are more we, different time periods, different years yeah. we could dissect and go, oh, that was a that was What offensive. was the worst film that year? <laughs> what was the worst film Pickier, that year? Best film that year, worst film that year? Yeah. You could do best and worst, like Rose and Thorn. Oh, oh yeah. You ever done that? It sounds like the rose of your day. <laughs> What's the rose of my day? What's yeah, like what was the you know what was the rose of your day? What was the th when I used to I've lead never heard this. when I used to lead summer camps and like I'd have my dorm of kids I used to go around and be like okay so what was the what was the bet like what was the rose and thought of the day? <laughs> They'd be like the rose of my day was playing football and the thorn was was the pulot which what? is like the program like educational thing we used to what? do you know medieval, <laughs> it was a cult. medieval. medieval. yeah 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 midsummer <laughs> level thing now the rose and thorn of <laughs> yeah. the day gather around the fire <laughs> <laughs>